Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. I'm not sure these guests really need an introduction. Chris Tomlin is pretty much a household name, but we are so thrilled to share this conversation with his incredible wife, Lauren. This is quite a power couple touching countless lives, not only through music, but through their nonprofit for others, which partners with organizations, community partners, and caregivers to offer holistic services for at-risk families and children. It is such an honor to sit down with the Tomlins to talk about everything near and dear to their hearts. Well, y'all, we are so excited. We have you have been on our short list to call for so long to get you on the podcast. And we're just honored to get to sit with the two of you and have a conversation. And I got to over dinner. That's right. How long like because you were you had you didn't have COVID, but but I've been around COVID and missed that dinner getting to be with the two of you all. I'm sad I had to wait this long to be in the room with you. It was like two years ago. Yeah, it was. Yes. Thanks to Courtney DeFeo, who makes all things it, possible. Always. She Jesus. does. The combo. Wonder yes. <laughs> she no does doubt. indeed. Yes. So we'd love to start with y'all telling a little bit about your story mm. and your family and how you met, where you're from, all those things. Yeah. Okay. You can kick it off. You kick it off. I'm from a small little town in East Texas, and we have a red light at Dairy Queen, and <laughs> a and this this is cool about my town. We have the the salt mine, the Morton Salt Mine, is wow. in my town. Okay, so that's where there's about two thousand people in my town, and the, you know the little girl with the little yellow dress and yes. the Morton Salt that comes from my town, and so you have the Salt Festival, the Salt Queen, the Salt Rodeo. Oh. It's just salt, salt, salt. salt and here's the funny thing. Is in the middle of our town. I'm not exaggerating. In the right at the, there's only one intersection. There's only one like the the intersection in town with the red with the red light. It is a big block of salt and massive block of salt, and people come and lick the salt. No, they do not. Yes, they travel from around East Texas. This is what you have to do in my town. That's the only thing you have to do in my town, I guess. And that's tell- <laughs> so I'm just setting the stage of where I'm from, who I, where I come from. Licking the salt. Yeah, they come and there's just this one big block of salt. Um, and wow. so, yeah, I've started, obviously, got started doing music since I was a kid. And and it's taken me, would have never dreamed where it's taken me and all these kind of places. And end up, uh, in, end up in this crazy journey moving to Atlanta for a little while. And I meet Lauren. That's where I meet Lauren, and we can talk about that. That 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 whole thing. She loves to 
She this loves, is the best story. <laughs> she loves to talk about that. And I'm that, so excited. So most of my life in Texas, then moved to Atlanta for a stint and met Lauren there. And then about seven, eight years in to that, we came here to Tennessee. Into, into We live in Franklin, which is obviously south of Nashville, and um, just raising three girls. And mm. it's just uh, it's it's an amazing time. I love being here. Love I've always come here throughout my music career, so it's like makes sense to live here. I just love I love raising a family here. I thought most of my life I spent single. We can talk about that if you want to get into counseling. But most of my <laughs> most of my Are you scared. <laughs> most of my life I spent single, so I was just I could you know live anywhere. But then when I thought about gosh, I got girls raising a family, mm. settled down here, and I think we're here for for a long time. Mm. So the funny, so the funny story that he was referencing, this is the greatest story ever. And I talk to my girls about it a lot. We have some good laughs over it. So he moves to Atlanta to plant a church. And so my friend was like, hey, there's this guy. His name's Chris Tomlin. You know of him? And I'm like, no, you know? <laughs> so she's like, we're going to set you up. Like, there's this other couple, and they'll be a great setup, right? So we go to this great, fun restaurant in Atlanta, and we get there, and literally the whole dinner— he talks to the two of them and does not look at me or engage me <laughs> the entire meal. Yeah. And I literally— That's hard to get. That's hard to get. It works. It works. <laughs> but I literally was so confused. And afterwards, I, you know, my mom called. was like, how was the date? And I was like, it was the strangest thing. Like, he literally, like, locked eyes and talked to them the whole time and didn't even barely <laughs> ask me a question. So bad. <laughs> so bad. And somehow it all worked out. So bad, it all worked out somehow. Aww. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, it's 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 crazy. And I just, you know, gosh, I just got into town. I was only two weeks into town, and was playing uh, tennis with a buddy of mine. Love tennis, and so I was playing, but hit, hitting some balls. He goes, "Hey, man, um, you dating anybody?" I was like, "No." He's like, uh, "He goes, there's this girl. Her name's Lauren." He goes, "She's." I think she's single. She doesn't say single long. That's what I remember. That's what I was saying. And then you were like, oh, injury. Yeah. I said, <laughs> every guy wants to be with this girl. And I was like, he said, I think let's set up a double date. And I was like, okay, I'm going out on this weekend, traveling cities. I'm going to come back. And he set it up. And we went out. And apparently I didn't look at her. Apparently I didn't talk to her. <laughs> but apparently it worked. <laughs> so you don't remember that you didn't look at her. Though. I was telling her, I don't, I thought. I had a little bit more game than that. I thought I was a little <laughs> bit stronger than that. But she said I didn't. And I can I can see myself not doing that because mm. I'm just, obviously, I was single for a long time for a reason. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. Well, we're glad but you're here, not here anymore. We, are. we like Lauren. We're glad she's around. But here we are three girls later. Yes. It clearly worked out. It worked yeah. out well. Yes. Yeah, that's so fun to hear, you all. It really is. And Chris... You have sold over 7 million records, mm -hmm. won 23 Dove Awards, Grammy. What has been a highlight for you of your career? And also, when did you know you wanted music to be your life's work? I love telling this story. Um, I've told this on tour, and it was the very first thing I ever got asked to do. Like I said, I grew up in a really small town. would have never dreamed of doing this. My dad put a guitar in my hand when I was 9 years old. It was Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Merle Haggard. That's what my dad, that's um, what he cared about. And he's like, this is what you need to learn. These are the songs you need to know. And that's what I learned how to play. And I, But I'd play at my church as well. And so I grew up playing in my church, and I got the opportunity when I was a senior in high school to to, to play at this um, this week-long youth camp. 
And somebody, it was the first time anybody invited me to play anything. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. I'd, I'd only played at my church, so I had no idea what I was doing. I had a stack of note cards of songs because I did of like early, these early worship choruses that were kind of making their way through the church. Like, I love you, Lord. Lord, you're more mm. precious than silver. Some of these early choruses. And I had a stack of note cards of these and um, and I put these note cards out on the stage each each night before anybody would get there. I didn't know what I was doing. It was all kids my age. I had a guitar. Wow. I would just sing the songs off the note card. I would learn, you know, I'd have the chords and the and the words. And I was so I was so bad. And at the <laughs> end of the week, this guy named James, who was speaking, uh, he had he he was speaking at this event, and I'll never forget. He looked at me and and he is he said, Chris, um, two things. One is you have no idea what you're doing. I was like, wow, thank you, James. And he said, secondly, you have no idea how God's going to use your music in the world. Mm. And I was you know, I'm in high school. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've got, I don't have any songs. And like they're on note cards. It's other people's songs. And he said, I was, I've been praying for you this week. God just impressed on me that you're going to write songs and the whole world's going to sing them. Wow. And I, I remember he looked at me and he just put his hand on my head. He looked me right in the eyes and said, God, would you make Chris a psalm writer for his generation? And it was like lightning went through me. It was like this marking moment in my life. I'm a senior in high school. I'm like, what? what's going on? And it started this journey. Isn't that amazing? The power yes. of a blessing. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. The power of wow. a blessing and someone to believe in you, right? Yes. And I know this is a parenting I know this is talking about parenting in a bit, but that's what it all is about, about believing mm. and, and, and giving people wings, right? And and like, and this was James was like, I see something in you that, and I did not see it in myself, obviously. I did not, I wasn't even, that was never even a dream of mine. And and it started this, this path that I've been walking on ever since. I started writing songs and would have never dreamed these songs would have led me all over the world. When you say, what are, the, what are some of the best memories? I mean, I can think about being in Uganda and, just 50,000 people there. They'd walked from, for like miles and walked for days and to come to this event. And, you know, just like leading. And and I'm an American, right? So we just, we we get there and we, we're used to our American ways of music. We're supposed to play for 45 minutes and be done because everybody's ready to go. I, I played for an hour and they're like, are you kidding? I'm walking off stage and they're, they're looking at me like this place. Like, are you kidding me? You, we came this far. You're going to play for an hour. No, 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 no. Get back up. There. And it was wow. like, I played wow. for like, I, and I played every song I knew like three times. <laughs> it was like, I played all night and they weren't going to leave because they're not going anywhere. They got a journey back. And so they're, I mean, those kind of memories to like, mm. would have, from starting from where I started from uh, to find yourself there to Mass and Square Garden to, to Hollywood Bowl, to like all these places, I would have, it was just crazy to me. And, but it started with someone saying, you know, I see something in you and prayed a blessing over me mm. that you would write, that I would write songs that would help people sing. And that's what I've always tried to do. You know, even as, when I was, since, a, since I was a little kid, I would tell my mom, I would get a chance to play at church. I can remember this, tell my mom vividly. I really like it, mom, when people sing with me. I don't like it when, I'm just standing there and people are looking at me while I'm singing. I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know what a worship leader was. I didn't know what worship music was. Never heard the term in my life. We went to a church. We played, you sang three hymns and you heard the message and you went and watched the Cowboys. That was, that was Sunday, right? And so here I am now trying to write songs to help people 
sing, and that's what I've always tried to do. And so it's been an incredible, incredible journey, but it started in a real simple place. Mm. How you have lived into that blessing. Oh, goodness, no. And how we have all benefited from you living yes. into that blessing, too. And I met Jane. I got to, I got to, I was with James uh, two nights ago. No, were you really? really? Um, wow. James called me, fast forward many years. We won't say how many. <laughs> fast forward many, many years. James calls me and he says, and it's this time on my phone, it's Senator James Langford. And he's an Oklahoma senator. Wow. And this same guy, when I was 18, put his hand on my head, is now a United States senator. And he calls me and says, I'd like to lead the. I'd like for us to lead the, I'm leading the National Prayer Breakfast for the nation. Ugh. And um, he said, I want you to come do this with me. And just a couple of years ago, I found myself in D.C. And it's me and the president and the vice president and James at a table at the head. And Lauren was there, James was up there, first lady, second lady, James. And I'm just like, and I'm, I remember I'm leading, my chains are gone, amazing grace, mm -hmm. my chains are gone. And I'm up there going, it's 3,000 world leaders from all over the world, all the different dress, all the different things, all the different cultures. And I'm thinking no one on the stage knows this story but me. This guy on the very end of this table, when I was 18 years old, said, one day you're going to write songs and the whole world's going to sing them. Mm. And I'm standing in front of the whole world. I'm wow. standing in front of the leaders of the whole world and I'm singing these songs. And I'm thinking, this God, how do you write a story like this? This mm. is this is crazy. And... Um, so just a couple of days ago, I was played in Oklahoma, and he was there, and I had him stand. And I said, and I told that story. And I said, and this is actually the senator of your state. And people were like, "What? I would never dream this guy that you see on so if you watch TV cool. and you see him with Wolf Blitzer talking about whatever Lauren's." Talking. He was on the other day. Was you he? know, was the guy who I'm just watch wow. for him now. The guy who just said, "Hey, when wow. when we were really young, this is that same guy." So, it's amazing, amazing stories. Mm. Gosh. I'm so grateful that he followed God's prompting too. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a what a reminder of the difference you can make in a child's life, a kid's life when you feel led in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what a bold that. thing to say, right? right? I had no songs. Hey kid. And he yeah. goes, You're gonna write songs. Yes. I'm like, what? Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, Lauren, I hear your name all the time. I mean, I think we have a lot of mutual friends, certainly. We do. But I feel like I, when we, I was getting in touch with Courtney to get your information, I was like, I don't even know what she's doing, but she's doing so much because mm -hmm. that's what it, it feels like you're giving in so many spaces. And I know there's a women's event, but I feel like there are a lot of other things. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about what you're doing and what you feel passionate about because mm -hmm. you certainly have your own ministry in a lot of places. Too. I do. In a lot yes. of ways, it's, it's hidden. And so it's one of those things that I— very much have appreciated hearing the voice of God mm. and His guidance because I think in marrying someone who's well-known, there tends to be the two places you can go to try to compete, to stay neck-to-neck -neck with, with them, or you can kind of fall away mm -hmm. or resign or hide, which I think is what I did probably in our first couple of years of marriage, just mm -hmm. finding my footing in that. Um, but God has just always really spoken to me about the quiet places wow. and, like, showing up for people in real personal ways. Yes. And so one of the things that I really enjoy doing is meeting with people, like, inner healing, listening prayer. That's just been so huge in my own life, inviting people to really hear from God that He speaks. You know, I'm the good shepherd. My mm -hmm. sheep know my voice and kind of facilitating that. 
And so uh, you mentioned a women's retreat. My mm -hmm. parents have a retreat. It's called Adventures of the Heart. It's kind of similar to John Eldridge's message. It really, his message transformed their life. My dad was a pastor and their marriage really took a complete 180 when my dad started dealing with his brokenness, his anger and what I grew up with. You know, you can manage sin with verses, which mm -hmm. is all he knew at seminary. They sure. told him God doesn't speak and they didn't talk about warfare. You know, two huge things that are, a, one, warfare is a part of our life. You know, there is an enemy, and we have authority over that. And then also how God can intervene in our daily to speak. Like, He is always there and wants to speak. And so that message flooded Him to, enough to where it changed their life, changed mine. And then He said, I want to start these retreats and invite men, which then started to be women. And so I am involved with that. They have That's retreats, so cool. and it is. It's really amazing because it's really about coming alive to your heart because you see this. Mm -hmm. You know, life never goes right. ever the way we plan. Right. Yes. And we can have our aspirations and our dreams, and there are things that happen, and what do we do with that? Mm. And really coming to draw away and hear from God and how He wants to restore, for one, and that He will work all things for good. And it's amazing because I've seen that personally, and that's very much a part of just my life of seeing that and then loving to see that in others too. Well, you must be facilitating and helping others get to that place because, I mean, really, I cannot tell you how often people say, well, I was with Lauren Tomlin or Lauren Tomlin really helped me or, I mean, just— Constantly. Well, your name. It's I'm so kind of surprised. I mean, I'm off the grid. Well, I don't have social media. Well, but you're making it's, a big difference. Yes. yes. Even off the grid. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. David, have you noticed that we've had a lot of air quality alerts in Nashville lately? Yes. It's crazy how many days we've had an alert this summer. I know, I've actually noticed how hazy it looks, like there's a film over the sky. Makes me even more thankful for my Air Doctor air filter. Did you know Americans spend 90% of our time indoors? And according to the EPA, indoor air can be as much as 100 times more polluted than outdoor air. Air quality alerts or not, I notice a difference in my house since I've been using my Air Doctor. That's why we're so thrilled to have Air Doctor as a podcast sponsor. We breathe around 30,000 gallons of air per day. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens, so our lungs don't have to. Dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. The air in my house just feels fresher with my Air Doctor. I can really feel the difference with Owen's dog hair in the house since I started using it. And with Air Doctor, there's no noise. They use their exclusive WhisperJet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans in ordinary air purifiers. That means you can run Air Doctor at the highest speeds while still enjoying a peaceful home environment. It's time to get peace of mind with Air Doctor. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code RBG, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. 
Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code RBG. One last time, that's up to 39% off or up to $300 off. If you go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code RBG. Okay, sissy, I'm dying to know what every plate meals you've tried lately. Oh, I have had the best meals this summer with every plate. Zesty Southwesty steak salad. That one's just fun to say. Curried chickpea salad wraps. They were so delicious. Oh, and the Baja shrimp tacos with pineapple salsa. You know I loved those. I know you did. Those sound incredibly delicious. We had the Baja shrimp tacos too. We really love them, but I think our absolute favorite has been the burst tomato linguine with kale and lemon garlic sauce. Well, that one just sounds like summer. Tasted like it too. I think Connie's favorite part of the summer every plate menu is that the meals are oven free, which keeps our kitchen cooler on hot days. And every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with no hidden fees so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Every plate provides all this delicious variety so you never get stuck in a cooking rut. With 26 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week, it's easy to find something for every meal of the day. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with up to 22 sides, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49RBG. Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code 49RBG. We would love to ask you both too, do you each have a favorite of Chris's songs? <laughs> and if so, tell the why behind that. Oh, I guess I guess I get asked a lot what my favorite song is that I've written and um you know there's it's usually whatever's the latest song I've written is usually <laughs> my favorite, but when I look at the overall I guess catalog of songs over the years, it, it I would I would go to How Great Is Our God. Because of how that song is it the greatest is it the greatest melody greatest chords no it's very simple I remember when I wrote it I was like this is I mean I was in my apartment in Austin Texas and I thought this was this will never go past my apartment I mean it was just a simple little chorus that I just was singing I was had the Bible open reading Psalm one hundred three and it said you O Lord are very great that's how it starts and it says you're clothed with majesty and splendor and you wrap yourself in light as a garment, all these amazing things of David. And I just started singing those, singing those ver- words. And somehow you, O Lord, are very great. I started singing How Great Is Our God. And what I love about the song and why, why, it's, why I always say it's my favorite is how it has gone to places I would have never dreamed. And it, is tran- it has been translated across languages, cultures. It For some reason, that song from a grandchild to a grandparent it just reaches the generations and they mm-hmm. and we went on a world tour once and I sang it in about 18 languages um butchered 18 languages <laughs> um but you know just we would I remember being in Tokyo and the, the place really not connecting much 
in the language barrier and I had learned a little bit of Japanese. I was just starting singing How Great Is Our God in Japanese and the whole place comes alive. Just start singing it. And they've like, known it. I remember being in a studio and I'm recording a song and we had the, this African children's choir come to sing with me and they have no idea who I am. They're all AIDS orphans and we're in the studio and I'm about to sing. I'm about to, about to do a, a song. Um, a different song that I'm going to record with them. And the choir director just says, hey, let's just warm up, guys. I know y'all are nervous, these little kids in the studio. Let's just warm up. Just Let's just just sing something. And these kids start singing How Great Is Our God. They have no idea who I am. Wow. They don't know that I wrote that song. I mean, I start bawling. I'm just like, what? Lord, how do you let me write a song? And it just finds its way to where it's just what these kids sing. And when a song goes, and I feel like that song has gone past me, what I mean is it has nothing to do with me anymore. You know, no one, it's just a song people sing, you know? And that is like what a, that is greater than anything because mm. maybe after I'm long gone from this place, who knows? It might still be sung, and I I don't know. But and and probably it's probably my favorite recording I've ever made is called the World Edition of that song. How great is our God? And it's so I I decided after we did that world tour, I just asked a lot of worship leaders from around the world, would you sing it in your language? And let's put it together. And so if you listen to the World Edition, it's in about 12 languages wow. at the same time, taking different parts of it. And you just kind of feel like, okay, this feels like a little piece of heaven. This is like the world. And and all around this simple song of how simple a declaration, but how true. Just when you hear just the, all these different languages saying how great is our God, it's, it's really powerful. So it's a long answer to that's probably why that's always kind of go back to that one. Mm, thank you for that. Do you have a favorite? I, I, I have to speak on behalf of our two-year-old daughter oh. who's in, always in the back seat, and it's like, holy forever is what she always asks. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we have so played this, this a thousand times. <laughs> so tired of hearing this song. <laughs> but it's Chris's latest song, mm. and I believe you wrote it with Bethel, with Jen and Brian Johnson. Yeah, with and Jason Ingram and Phil Wickham, holy forever. Yes, holy forever. And I'll read the lyrics. I had to pull them up because I did not want to butcher them. But I think it's a timely song for where we sit right now. And I'll read them first. It's, your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. And obviously with the anthem of the melody and the music, it takes a whole new life. But I think it's such an incredible message at this moment because when obviously there's division and COVID and politics, you know, there's so much noise. Mm -hmm. yes. I don't know if there's ever been a time where there's been more noise. Mm -hmm. And just to rem be reminded that his name, like he is an authority. He is on the throne reigning, stands above them all. And why don't you share this passage? Because this is something you share in your tour, Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Check this out. This is in the, from the message. This is, and that's what this song really is about and what she's saying. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power is exempt from his rule. And not just for this time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. And this is really amazing. This is a good reminder. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is is peripheral to the church. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is beautiful. And what a what a reminder. And so when we, that's the, when I sing that lately, it just feels like it lifts the room mm. because it just it's a reminder of the as Lauren always says. I love the language she uses. It's a reminder of the greater story 
that we're in. We're in a larger story than what we see here. And that over, over all thrones and powers, dominions, there is one who rules over all. And just lifting. And I found when you write songs like that, when you try to write songs that help people, it's not about, Lord, what can you do for me? Those are important. But when you when you write a song that's just about his greatness and how, how great is our God and your name is the highest, it just lifts people up for a minute from mm-hmm. their, from just what but don't all— you think it's like orienting? Like it's an orientation mm-hmm. of like we can get in the mire and to just reorient. Mm-hmm. Yes, and to, yeah, and to lift, lift your eyes to like, oh gosh, this is, there. There is one who truly is overall, and so holy forever. And uh, that's that's the one. That's the latest. Holy forever. One. Holy, holy forever. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yes. <laughs> but it is my favorite. It's just she's beat it into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a two-year-old can do. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we don't listen to anything so else. Yes. Sweet. Oh, sweet. I love that. Well, speaking of her, how how do y'all balance all the things? So music, travel, all the ministry that you're doing mm-hmm. in all the different places. I mean, how do, how does that work? With these three girls, yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's something you have to continually mm-hmm. fight for and think about yeah. and go to. I mean, I go to Lauren with almost everything. It's like I get these opportunities, I get these opportunities. What do you think? Uh, because it's you know it's different you, when you have the this family, especially young girls and young young kids, whether it's girls or boys, just young kids, and it's a lot. I mean, she's a single mom most yeah. of the time when I'm on the road mm-hmm. and it does, we tried, we tried them coming out. Everybody's like, did the group family come on the road with you? That's a disaster. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> sick. Every, yeah. Aww. Everybody gets sick. Anytime, anytime we all like, yeah, let's get a family bus. Everybody go out. I mean, Nightmare. they can't sleep. So that means I don't sleep. Then I got to do a concert. Mm-hmm. I remember when they were out with me in California on the West coast and I got up on stage every night and I was like, Hey guys, um, I just got to tell you, um, the family's out with me, so this is my break right now. <laughs> this, this too. So we're gonna I'm gonna play as long as I possibly can. And uh, it was just one of those things, you know. So and now they're in school, so it doesn't really work for them to go out. Yeah. So when I leave, it's 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 on Lauren a lot, and so just have to. But for me, it's it's I I try to be as home as much as I possibly can and f- make that a priority. Mm. And and I will say, if there's anything I respect the most about Chris is his presence. Mm. And I mean, he is phenomenal. Like it's, it's pretty remarkable. All the opportunities, the golf trips, you know, the opportunities to be around well-known people, you know, so many incredible things. And the fact that he chooses our girls and me over and over again. And it's, it's amazing because I'm like, a lot of times like, well, should you? And he's like, no, he is very focused. I mean, what I love about Chrissy Simple, he's in a black T-shirt. He does his kale salads and his smoothies. <laughs> and he's it. very focused on family. Like, it's mm. very laser focused. And, like, you have a quote that I always think is so huge that you're like, at the end of the day, I don't Yes, yes. I always just say, I just say this to to her. Any of these things, like, the end of the, at the, at the end of this, at the end of all this, this life, all you got your family. At the end of the day, really, that's what you got. I mean, that's that's what God's given you, and He's given me these girls. He's given me Lauren. That's what I got in the days. And you got great friends and great things, but the, all that comes and goes. But in the, at the very core of it all, this is this is this is what you got. This is what you've been given, and uh, 
And so I always think that way, mm. you know. Well, speaking of those three kids, what is unique about raising three girls? <laughs> well, let me say, I only had brothers growing up. So only boys in my house. And it's just, that's all I knew. So when I've had my first girl, I was like, oh gosh, what is this going to be? Then the second girl is like, oh my goodness. Then the third girl. And for me, I like to say that there's a lot of emotion in the house, a lot of emotion in the house. Someone's crying at all times. Um, <laughs> it's usually me, but someone's crying at all times. And I'm just kidding. It is, it's, it's so special. I mean, I'm a girl dad and that's what my life is now. And I can't imagine it any other way. I mean, I, the, the, the relationship, the relationship between a, a girl has with her a daughter has with her dad is so special. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and I feel that. It's different than a daughter and a mom, right? It's yes. a whole different thing. Just like if I had a son, I'm sure it'd be like this whole thing. And it, so I'm a little um, bummed for Lauren that she doesn't get <laughs> that thing. Hey, we have her shopping trips that we won't tell you about. But believe me, they go to mom. Um, mom is everything, but there is a special thing. And I just, mm. I mean, I, I love those girls and I'd do anything for them. I would do, I'm just, what a, what a privilege that, to, to raise these girls. Mm. I love it. Our little two-year-old, she'll put on a little dress and she's like, go find dad. You know, like it's such a young age. Like I don't tell her. It's like just the delight of a father. Yes. She's like, go find dad. And she'll go run back to his bathroom Aww. to go see him. And mm -hmm. It's real sweet. But there's crafts everywhere. Yes. Like Maddie like goes it's through unbelievable. the trash and I'll find like stashes of like no. Califia bottles and like drawers and it's like mildew and she's like all these crap. I mean, it's just it's a boy moms are always like, Oh my gosh, how do you do it? Just stuff everywhere. Mm. <laughs> it's crafts. Yes, it crafts is everywhere. Everything. And it's so amazing looking at it now. You know, it's just like incredible to all the all the clutter. All the you clutter. Love clutter. Uh, do not and all the cards, <laughs> but all the drawings, all the things, mm. making things all the time. I feel like I have known over the, all these years of counseling girls. I, I don't know how many dozens of families with three girls, and I think there's really something special about three girl families mm. and and what it does for the three girls. I feel like mo almost every. I mean, everyone I can think of right now of three girl families end up being so close later on. The sisters develop this really unique connection and depth of relationship that makes me well. That's the hope, for right? Buddies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, our obviously our our age ranges age ranges are eleven, eight, and two. Yes. So the two year old um, was a surprise and uh, <laughs> a great surprise and. You know, and it's beautiful watching Ashlyn, our oldest, and take that big sister and, mm. and just the, what, what it's done in her, what's done in Maddie, having a baby sister mm. and taking care of them. That, um, like you said, it's just they have this, they have this special, special thing mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. Well, so this season of our podcast is focused on raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids is kind mm. of the theme. And we would love to hear something <laughs> that y'all worried about in the early years of parenting, maybe, that you think, I didn't really need to worry about that so much. You know, I think the funniest thing, I think back when they're an infant mm -hmm. and how much you get so stressed about the schedule 
and like, am I holding them too much? And it's like all the nuances yes. that looking back, it's like you progress out of it. But in the <laughs> moment you feel like I am making or breaking this child, like they're going to rule me the rest of my life if I don't get this one thing done, if that makes sense. So yes. I think the biggest thing that I've just learned as I've progressed from one to three, it's the marathon, not the sprint. Mm. You know, right it's on. the like, it's the steady ongoing and it's not like the one thing that, but it, late at night when you're toiling and trying to get them to sleep and it's like, should I do this? And should I do that? You mm -hmm. start to lose perspective. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. with that first one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Great reminder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's, that's the thing I'm watching. Oh my goodness. They're, they're not getting eight hours of sleep. There's, that means they're they're not going to develop. They're going, all the things. Oh my gosh, they're not eating the right things, and we're trying all the things. You mm. think, okay, just relax. That's the one thing, you know. And that and that that lessens. Obviously, everybody talks about it. Lessens by the <laughs> by the third child. You know, um, what Nate Bragotzi, What was he saying just recently? It was like cracked me up. He's like the first child. It's like you know, it's just so strict and everything. Because and then my baby sister apparently she got raised by her best friends. <laughs> 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 that's, that's so great. Yeah. True. Yeah. Along those lines, what is one statement you wish someone had said to you on the front side of the parenting journey? So it wasn't actually something that I wish they mm -hmm. said to me. It was something that was said to me, and it was so huge. And mm -hmm. it was a good friend of ours, the Nassers, uh, good family friends, our children's godparents. But she was like, you've got one shot. Mm. And... It was, again, another laser-focused clarity statement on, again, with noise. You know, there can be expectations and should I do this and the shoulds. Mm. And when you hear that in your ear, I've got one shot. Mm -hmm. You've got one shot. Like, really, in the big scheme of things, this should, I should do this in this community or I should be a part of this group or I should. And it's like, you got one shot, like, in terms of the focus of investing that time with them. Um, and being intentional. And there's been times, like even last year, we were involved with something that we love, and I got overextended and in it. And Chris was very much like, we're not doing this again. You know, that how it affected me and then how that trickled down to the girls. And even Maddie yesterday was bringing it up with my grandparents. She was like, oh, yeah, this time last year you were stressed. And wow. she said, and I said, well, what did that look like? And she said, well, you kept saying, like, this isn't how I want it to be. But when we get on the other side of this, you'll get more time with me. And so they catch those things, you know. And so, again, it's not something that we always get perfect mm -hmm. or right. But it takes an honesty for Chris to look at me and say, we're not doing this again. Mm. Like, this wasn't great for our family. You're not in a good spot. We need to pivot. Mm. Um, so, again, with one shot, it's not a high-pressure statement. But it is a sense of, okay, let's let's— really assess the effect of my life with some of the choices that I'm making, if that makes sense. Yes. Well, and I love your vulnerability with them of what did that look like to ask that question. I was mm -hmm. in front of my great, their great grandparents. <laughs> so I was really like brave. waiting for the bomb no. to drop, but I was like, okay, she's talking about this Yes. and she's bringing it up because they asked me, how's, how's it going this year? And then she brought it up. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. 
shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. 
Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater childcare needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny. And as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. gift to her for you to be real in that moment and to to not that you're saying I failed but basically you're willing to talk about that I mean I feel like one of the the trends I'm seeing so much with girls right now is I've never seen as much perfectionism Mm. and girls put as much pressure on themselves Mm. and so for you two as their heroes and you particularly as their mom same gender for you to be able to say you know, yeah, I was stressed and I wasn't my best self. And what was that like for you? Right. I, mean, I just think that is such an empowering gift for her. And that so was grateful. truthfully modeled by my parents. So mm. when my dad came to me after recognizing his woundedness and the effect of his life, he sat me down and said, I have deeply wounded you. And at the time, I didn't realize the implications because I just said, Dad, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And then by the time I moved into the tw- my 20s, there was the fallout of perfectionism. There was all the things that were a result of his temper. And so I look back at him coming to me in humility and really him coming to my mom, my brother. That was the turning point of healing for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so I do think when you can own and apologize, it creates the movement towards health, the movement yes. towards wholeheartedness. And yeah. like none of us— ever get it right. Mm. But we're all ever evolving to move towards something that is healthier. Yes. It's a beautiful mm. statement. Yeah. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the things that I'm trying to do right now when when think about what if somebody you know what, what I wish I would have known or or what mm-hmm. I what I'm learning now is that I I was just reading this in an interesting interesting book recently about um, taking advantage of the moments that you're in w- with in that age with your family. Yes, because those go away mm-hmm. and they don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. And so, like for example. All my girls, all they talk about is wanting to snorkel. That is <laughs> okay. it. Okay, snorkel. That is all Great. they talk about when they're when they're late teens. Is that what they're gonna? Is that all they're gonna talk about? Maybe not. Maybe, but maybe not. But right now, they're just like, "Dad, we want to go snorkel and see some fish." So I'm like, "That's not gonna happen six years from now, probably." But so I need to figure. Oh, I want to do this. So Lauren, and we, we're planning a trip. Good. So we y'all. because that's Great. what they want to do. Right now, mm. and that's going to go away, and so. But there's all kinds of things that okay. What are what are, what are the things that your children are? This is this is the moment you can do that, and it's not that's not going to happen again probably, and because it goes quick, you know. And that's what I'm trying to learn, mm. and not let those times slip away and say, oh, we'll do that later, or we'll figure it out. But I was like, okay, no, we can do that. We'll figure out time. That's what you really want to do. Let's 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 figure that out. Yeah. So, y'all, I mean, obviously, we are, as therapists, we live in the land of feelings a lot. Mm. And um, and I think I probably feel particularly passionate about this with girls. There are so many feelings. And um, I'm like, talk to me. I'm like, this is like, what do I need to know? I'm like, yeah, there are a lot. Can we flip the script now and you start talking? (laughs) Well, we talk so much uh, in both of our offices, really, about in the midst that the feelings are so important and teaching kids to name their feelings and helping them develop an appropriate language and vocabulary for those feelings. And as they're spinning and the helicopter's going down, wanting them to have truth that undergirds and supports the feeling. And so if you had to each say one truth that you go back to when you are worried, when you're sad, even when you're just feeling a lot, what would you say is one truth that helps you? That is such a good question. The, you know, something that I'm really sticking with in this day and age is if you don't have peace— Diligence is required. Vigilant. Vigilant. Vigilance wow. is required. Will you say that again? I if you don't story. have peace, vigilance is required. And I'll and I'll explain that. Obviously, you know, you look at my two-year-old. I could send her out with Ashlyn at 11 around a pool. If I don't have peace, vigilance is required for me to step in, you know. And, and instead of sitting there in the kitchen and worrying and then, you know, going through, well, I just trust God. Well, there's some level of unrest— so follow that. There, I need to step in and engage as a parent. Does that make sense? Yes. And it even goes down to just decisions I'm making. I mean, just recently, you know, I had started releasing them to go, the two of them, throughout Target. And I was like, this was a big deal. Like, go for it. The two of you can go in hand. Well, then I heard recently, uh, you know, we live in a quiet area of Nashville. And at the local Target, there was a mother, and she was on the other side, and somebody approached her kids in a hoodie to give them $20. And so at that point, I was like, okay, as a leisurely parent, I would love to send them across Target. Now vigilance is required. Mm. You know, like it was just one of those moments of like, I've got to step back in and engage at this point. There will come a time, you know, when Maddie gets older, but I don't know if that's the right thing now. And so I think it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to set aside your 
you know, your privilege, your leisure to step in and really parent. Does that make sense? Yes. And if you don't have peace, like you've got to listen to that yes. versus trying to d- diminish it. Mm. Mm. I, and I, I just want to back, I just want to piggyback on that because that was what, that's what we've talked about on this and being vigilant with our children. And, and that is, that, that's not just like being, I don't, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just being overly, um, Paranoia. Yeah, it's not that. Mm. There's an interesting, um, huge statue in D.C., uh, and it just says eternal the, the eternal vigilance is the price for freedom. For liberty. And for liberty. Price for liberty or freedom. And um, obviously speaking of a greater thing, speaking of our, our nation, speaking of just what it takes to even build a nation of freedom, right, you have to be vigilant. You have to, it, you don't, it doesn't just come. And, but I think about that with your family, with your kids. What, what would make your what would make a place give liberty and give freedom? It comes at our our vigilance, our like just staying on this, our sacrifice, if you want to say. We sacrifice our freedom. Yeah, for, for their, their freedom. For theirs. Right. I mean, this their is their innocence. Yes. This is not. This is a. This is a pain. I would rather be doing other things right now. But this this is what it takes to be a parent. You got to be in there. You can't be passive. You can't. There's so much passivity. Whatever the word is. It, there's so much of that in our culture. There's so much of that. And it is to be a parent is not for the faint of heart. It is getting in there and like and being vigilant with your with your family because and maybe sometimes they won't understand it, but that's probably that's probably they probably won't. But that's what the price for hopefully their their liberty, their freedom to be to be a child. And um, and also, you know, you got to listen to that. Like Lauren says, you when you have, it's easy to worry so much about all these things. But if you're vigilant, it takes away some of that worry because you're you're doing, you're in the you're in the game. You're in there, and I, I just love that. The eternal vigilance is the price for liberty. And it's not a place of fear or paranoia. It's not mm-hmm. sitting in that place, but it is saying there's a posture of engagement. Mm-hmm. Yes, presence. Yes. And when the presence is there, then there's not that worry. You know, it's not I'm sending them across target across. Well, I hope it turns out okay. You know, at that moment, I don't have peace right now with what I've just heard. You know, like Mm -hmm. my little Mayberry target Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily Mayberry. And that was a good thing to know. I know that's probably not the best statement to hear at this point in time, but I think this is where we are. It's It's with, you know, phones. Yeah. iPad, you know this. Mm-hmm. You're you're in it every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, yeah, do I have to media. really go and look at what they're reading before they read it? You know, it's like oh, this this is going to require more of me. You know, there's mm-hmm. that thing, but you are buying their freedom. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that word vigilance is perfect with this thing, right? I mean, if you're just passive with this, the phone. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding up the phone for those who can't who aren't watching this. <laughs> I'm holding the phone. If yeah. if you're not vigilant with that, if you're passive with that, I mean, my goodness, what is what does that open up? You know? Mm. Yeah, agreed. You all have shared so much rich truth. Yes, you, you have. I mean, yes. we could hold you hostage in this conversation <laughs> for days, but we I will know. not. But we could. And we love to end every episode. We move from parenting to food. We move from substantive Always. to silly. And so <laughs> I like it. We're gonna end with a two part question okay. that is queso or guac. And then secondly, <laughs> what's your favorite kind of taco? Okay. Queso or guac, that's so easy, man. Queso. I mean, are you kidding me? 
I mean, how could anybody choose guac over queso? <laughs> queso is cheese. I'm going to say guac. <laughs> there, there you go. go. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, definitely queso. Um, especially being from Texas. Chips and salsa and queso are like, mm. that's Tex-Mex and that's what. And, and there's guac too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, favorite favorite taco? Favorite taco. Mm, go ahead. I can't even think of one because there's, you're from Texas, so there's all the famous restaurants. Well, I mean, no, I mean, for me, it's. Papacitos? Yeah, come on. Yeah, if, that's right? what, if we're talking we need brands. need one in Nashville? Yes, come. we do. We do need Papacitos coming here, please. We do need Tex-Mex. But for those of you who, are, who get Tex-Mex, Papacitos is probably one of the better better places. Um, yeah, but that would be, that'd be my answer. Any taco from Papacitos? Oh, like the, the, the kind? Um, man, it's weird. I'm, I'm so lame, but I'm I'm like just, I like it very, very simple. Yeah. I like, like if you put a bunch of stuff in there, it's like, ah. Too much. I just like real simple. The classic. Grilled chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I could, if probably my favorite thing is, is um, if I'm at, if I'm in a beach setting having blackened grouper. Oh. Tacos, mm. is, yeah. is, yes, is that that's hard to beat. That you know, hard to beat. It, and it isn't it weird. It doesn't really work when you're not at the beach. Like if you're <laughs> totally. if you're just in a landlocked place, it doesn't feel like the same yeah. as when you're at the beach. You're like, oh, yeah, blackened grouper taco. I'm I'm pretty happy. Yes, great choice. What about Anything y'all? You would add queso um, or guac? Queso. And I'll go guac. We've got everything <laughs> yeah, yeah, covered yeah, here in our time. Yeah. Bring it we on. We have a fun meal. I know. Yes, with we all could. of it. Yes. Yep. Did you have a taco, Warren? Oh, it's Did just, just the, anything. Yes, Papacitos. Yeah. Well, we haven't been there in so long. They're just the ground beef. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Mm, we need one. Classic. Yes, we do need one. Yep. <laughs> Y'all, thank you. Thank you. Uh, just so much good wisdom and hopefulness and grace and all the things. And now we'll be in your ear after this clicks Great. off. We love that. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you both. Yeah. Absolutely. Y'all are awesome. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.